1: Podcast Network Asia.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the 80%. Today we'll be talking about startups, not just the Netflix K drama, but some of the actual stories in the Philippine startup scene. At kasama natin in this episode si Ms. Katrina Chan, the director of Kubo, which is a Philippine innovation hub and startup platform. At kasama rin natin si Ms. Ray Refundo, the CEO and founder of Quickwire, which is a cross-border billing and invoicing platform. For those interested to learn more about startups, this episode is for you. Are you ready to listen and learn? Let's go. Hi, my name is Fitz Villafuerte at ako ay isang registered financial planner. Since 2007, Nagbibigay na ako ng financial advice through my blog entitled, Ready to be Rich. And I continue this advocacy through this podcast, kung saan pag-uusapan natin ang mga effective strategies kung paano ba yung maman. Thank you for tuning in, and now, on to the show. Na napanood mo yung Startup, then you're probably familiar with the song that's currently playing. This is a piano cover version of Future by Red Velvet, which of course, one of the songs featured in the official soundtrack of the Netflix K-drama, Startup. Kung hindi mo pa napapanood yung series, then don't worry, hindi siya requirement before pakinggan itong episode natin. In fact, most of my conversation with our guests is not about the K-drama but the actual Philippine startup scene. But first, let's get to know our guests.
2: Hi everyone, I'm Kat Chan. I'm the director of Kubo Innovation Hub, which I also started in 2016. So, Kubo, spelled as QBO, actually stands for the Baha'i Kubo. And our whole thing is to support and build the tech startup ecosystem in the Philippines, um, grow the startup community, develop our startups, and also collaborate. We like to do queues with the ecosystem. Um, and we do it through Bayanihan, right? So if um, if Silicon Valley has a garage, so what we really have around the country are Kubos. And we're going to start from there. We're going to work together and we're going to make it awesome. So that's me.
1: Hey guys, my name is Ray. And I'm CEO and founder of Quickwire. Uh, we do international payments for uh, big businesses, enterprises, particularly real estate, banks, insurance companies. So, we handle a lot of cross-border transactions uh, from revenues from foreigners who had obligations to pay here in the Philippines. So that's what we do. We've been around for since 2014. So we're one of the oldest startups in the Philippines.
0: Kung nanonood ka ng K-drama, Kubo is like Sandbox, the startup incubator in the series. And Kat is Miss Yoon. And then Quickwire is of course a tech startup, similar to Samsung Tech in the series. For those who are not familiar with the startup ecosystem, then let me briefly explain what an incubator is. First of all, mahirap kasing gumawa ng bagong business, lalo na kung tech startup ang gagawin mo. You will need a lot of resources, not just money, but also knowledge, especially business sense and administrative guidance. And most of the time, you'll also need help in expanding your network and connecting to investors and venture capitalists. A startup incubator, in simple terms, is someone who helps a tech startup with those things I mentioned.
1: We started two years earlier than Kubo, actually. Actually, when we started, we like Kubo, so we were <laughs> So I-, I wish there was Kubo when we started, you know, so we didn't have to do a lot of the mistakes we did. Uh, but um, yeah, we the the, min- the, the idea space uh, we've been participating in the events, um, networking events, and then when they started Kubo. Uh, we got, uh, we of course we're, were always going to be you know there, so we, we start more uh networking right away,
2: yeah. So, I guess what I didn't mention is Kubo is also a product of Bayanihan, so it's actually the first PPP for startups. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the private sector side, it's with Idea Space, right, with, which um Ray mentioned, and from the government, I think this was the the, the insight here was that we also needed a national program to really support startups. So the DOST and the DTI joined forces with the private sector to build this concept called Kubo. But we actually accept and welcome all Filipino startups across stages, across industries. And we're very lucky to have Ray as part of that community you now. So it's really the founders that are the beating heart and soul of this operation.
0: Napanood yun na ba yung Startup? Uh, Ray, have you watched an episode of it? Hindi I read some
1: of the synopsis. Yeah, but I haven't really watched it. The... I'm gonna start watching it. So gonna next week,
0: yeah. Uh, how many of your friends on Facebook are talking about it? Have you seen a lot of them? Like, everybody?
1: <laughs> oh,
0: thousands and thousands. <laughs> Just kidding.
2: <laughs> a lot of I'm not even... I wouldn't call myself typically a K-drama Watcher, but like it—it it felt like my whole feed was dominated, no, by conversations around this. So I have in fact seen it. Like I feel like I had na na, I guess like with all the discussions.
0: Yeah. What do you think about it, Kat? As someone who is in the Philippine startup scene, what do you think about the K-drama startup? Is it accurate depiction of how it is inside the startup uh, industry? Yeah.
2: Yes. I, actually. Very interestingly, I'm I'm quite happy with this K drum or this medium actually, Na. Um, it's allowed the concepts to be very mainstream and relatable. I think some. I'm sure Ray's experience is also, but being in this space, it it can get quite hard to explain to, I don't know, right, your tita or your ninong what exactly you do. And now I'm getting questions about startups. And in in that sense, I would say it's quite well-researched. It's pretty accurate. Like a lot of the concepts that they discuss are quite similar to the issues that we see our own founders encounter. That being said, is it accurate? There are areas where, of course, it's romanticized, especially the settings, you know, the beautiful people. Like, they had a hackathon there and it was, you know, very pristine. Um, you know, I've been to a, quite a number of hackathons, you know, people staying in a cool space for 24 hours. and No
1: shower.
2: It, it doesn't smell good, you know. <laughs> so So those parts, of course, they've made, you know, more appealing than... I wish all of the developers were tall and well dressed and stuff like that, Nore. Really. <laughs> but, but otherwise, um, it's a, it, I think it's quite informative and a good entree into the tech startup scene. So, that's I,
1: I think, think it's very accurate in terms of like you know the founders are all good looking. It's very accurate. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Indeed. The K-drama has put startups in the limelight and a lot of people were talking about it on social media, especially back in November. For most people, a startup is just a term to call a new business. But that's not accurate. Kung magtayo ba ako ng sari-sari store, pwede ba siyang tawagin na startup? Well, hindi. While it is a new business, it cannot be called a startup. Here's Kat and Ray to explain what exactly is a startup. Just
2: Not just because you just started your business, startup kana. So, no, sari sari stores don't count. Typically, then yung traditional business, yung parang um, known na yung business model, or so an example would be a barbershop or a restaurant. Those also typically aren't considered startups, even though they're new. Or I, the main differentiation that we use that we apply at Kubo to say whether you're a startup or not are a few things. Like, one, is there an innovation, right? So is there something, is it something that's different from how things are currently done? And therefore, does it require you to test or experiment on some things? Um, I guess my example there is, if you had a restaurant, tapos one month na wala pang kumakain doon, there's probably a problem, right? Hindi masarapin pagkain, pangat yung service or yung location. Because everyone, in theory, should know how a restaurant works. If your business doesn't pass that test, na, you have to figure out kung meron ba user or customer or how it will be used, then that's probably a startup. The other test is usually we kind of intertwine the Tech slash is it scalable part? It's di- c- kind of difficult to make something scalable without tech. So th- I think the shorthand for it is my tech ba. Um, right. But I think that's also another way to look at it is it, is it something that you can easily scale? No. Or there's a potential to at least scale it. Um, and I think those are the two kind of quick tests to see whether a company's a startup or not.
1: I man, I agree. I really agree question are you a platform or are you a network? So if your business is not either of those or both, you're not a tech startup. You're not a scalable technology startup that's innovative. Kasi uh, you're doing something new. You're doing something that's never been done before. And uh, innovation is key. I mean, like if I'm going to start a Jollibee, you know, everything is known about what will make a Jollibee franchise successful. The location, the foot traffic in the area, the average income in that area. Uh, we, would, we would know that maybe three to four years, ROI na yan, babi na yan. So there's not a lot of experiment or A&D testing. Or unless you, you know, you're just in the middle of the Sahara Desert, then you're not going to make any money, right? So there's a lot of things that known. But in a startup, a lot of things are unknown. The largest media organization in the world. Owns zero TV station and zero newspaper. Facebook, the largest taxi operator in the world, owns zero cars. Right, um, Uber. Right, the largest hotel operator owns zero building, Airbnb. So it's all platform. It's all. And they're using leveraging technology to create businesses that can scale globally really, really fast. That's why investors are interested in them. That's why the fast without adding additional capital in terms of like. Uh, like, if I start another restaurant, the amount, same amount of capital that I used to start the first one, same din sa kabila. It's just to scale it, the amount of investment is, has to match the, the scaling. Startups hindi. It can go really, really big. But, uh, of course, it's new. So, there's a high, high degree of failure sa mga marami startup.
0: Narinig niyo yung sinabi ni Ray, my high degree ng failure sa mga startups. And thus, the importance of incubators and enablers such as Kubo. And fortunately, the Philippine startup community has been growing in recent years.
2: The community here is, you know, it's really growing, and there are a number of enablers. Na we all work with, we're friends with everyone. But all around the Philippines, many incubators also that could be considered, quote unquote, sandboxes. No, and they really, they exist to to provide support for the entrepreneurs to make it to help them build a community also um, so they're not going at it alone and to facilitate introductions network investors you know things and of course you know sessions also to learn certain skills so maybe it's not just one one nice mega facility the way it's depicted in the show but it's very similar like the ways that these types of enablers and insources um, kind of work to support the startup ecosystem.
0: Ang question ko ngayon, yung yung love story ng K-drama na startup, meron din ba yon sa startups hindi to sa Pilipinas? <laughs> Do you have any interesting stories that you've uh, experienced? Can you, si Ray, may I can you me? I
1: remember I startup years ago. That happened, but I not our startup.
2: <laughs> I think it, whenever you're in a high-pressure situation, di ba lots of risk-taking going on, um, money on the line, di ba? I think that always creates a a pressure cooker situation for interesting things to happen but i think <laughs> i don't i'm not i'm not entirely sure like if, if it's a good place to kind of dish the gossip on the startup community but <laughs> first, um yeah just and and in a lot of the time people do start their startups you with it's it's people you trust and you divide it's it's either your family, your very good friends, your lovers also. Di ba? It takes that kind of bonding to co-found a startup. Sometimes it's harder to fa- found the startup than I don't know, get married, di ba? so it definitely also puts a lot of pressure on different forms of relationships, no. So it's not something to be taken lightly, no, I guess. So that's <laughs> Actually,
1: we have several founders or my boyfriend girlfriend and they're they're successful. Like um, rookie with Steph Laya and uh, I forget the husband's name, and they're a couple of the founders, and they're, they're 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 successful. See, um, just, just I have the, I just forgot some of the names, but I, I know two or three in the Philippines.
2: Same. And it's actually, also yeah, it's, it's, it's a commitment, right? Like if you know how to communicate, you know how to sort of delegate and things like that amongst each other. It's actually it's not necessarily a bad idea to co-found um a company, oh. but it will. Test your relationship. Let me put it that way.
1: But I think best friends since kindergarten and startups. Uh, yeah, as I said, uh, founders who were friends for since kindergarten like, and now um, I see it, It's always a good thing that you put people, you work, you work with someone you know, right? That's always a good thing. Rather than working with a stranger. The problem is, you know, one person, you're your best friend for, for since kindergarten. So, you know him. You know, you know everything about them, you know, their family. But you never actually worked with them before. Or, or uh, doesn't answer emails on time or, you know, it's always late. You don't know that. You don't know his working style or, or you know, how competent he is. And then suddenly you work together. You put it in, in this under high pressure environment and you're going to destroy your friendship because of that. So it's, it's something that I think the best startup co-founders are not just people who know each other, but people who you worked with before, my co-workers from uh, during a school, you work on projects together. You have to have worked on something and finished it. That's the best, you know, co-founder. Yeah,
2: I think the, the with Kubo, we're you know we're very inclusive, so that's really how we operate. Um, and in that sense, yeah, we try to be the support system for all of the startups. I feel like we've seen all the variations of the stories. Nah, Ray has talked about. And they, in the Philippines, marami tayong first time founders. So, what they lack is the. It's a totally different world not to decide to start your own business. There are so many aspects to it from the recruitment and the HR side to the fundraising and get the, convincing people to put money into your business to all of the things that just go around running any regular business, diba? Right? So, um, so I, I feel like I've one value that kubo adds i think to the startups i mean we do have a lot i think one thing that i should mention is all of our services for startups are free so that's by itself a good thing um you know so back when it was still possible there was free office space free wi-fi free coffee right? mm-hmm. um so at the superficial level that's there um we also get parent consultants, we get accountants, um, lawyers, designers, um, people that are willing to volunteer their time to mentor a startup or provide services you know, that typically maybe a small business or a solo founder wouldn't have access to, but through Kubo, they get to, you know, speak with top law firm or a top accounting firm, for example. Um or meet investors, Baka hindi sila papan sinin, ba ng company kung silalang, pero through an introduction, um, it helps them. Um, so, and but I think the again, the the big value then of Kubo is having that community. It's already hard to do it by itself, but having that support system of other founders, of other people that are interested in the ecosystem. Also, let's say if you're an investor, diba, you. You just want to show up to one place and meet everyone that's looking for investment. I think that sort of effect of bringing people together and creating that network for the founders is, you know, a, a key value add of places like Sandbox or Kubo. Um,
0: ako, I came from the engineering industry, I'm actually a civil engineer. One of the things that I observed sa engineering industry in here in the Philippines is it's really a male-dominated space. A lot of my batchmates na, na babae, eventually they move to, towards other industries. But uh, seeing you, Kat, and also knowing Natasha, uh, I'm very happy to see that uh, it's not the case for the startup industry. So siguro, can you give us more insights about that cat Na parang it's really a, a great place to pursue your business idea, Regardless mm. if you're a male or female, Because the first impression of my girl space friends, uh-huh. uh, I, that puro Purong aniyano? programmer yan, mga geek yan. So purong lalaki, baka puro Marvel lang pinag-usapan and comics uh-huh. na mga yan. So. Uh, can you tell us more about the Philippine startup scene, especially from the perspective of a, of a lady, I would say?
2: my lady, yes. Um, to be honest, it still is more male dominated. I wouldn't say nah it's super... There there's still a number of, as you mentioned, na events and things like that that I've personally experienced that I'm the Only girl in a panel or in a, you know, especially like networking events for for investors, for all of these things. So I unlike I would say diba, we've had female presidents, we've had women, Supreme Court justices, you know, like pero in in the tech industry more broadly, I would still say it's still relatively Male-dominated. I think that's something we're actually actively trying to work on at Kubo. Actually, we have the startup Pinay program that um, we started primarily because you know I think we need to show that it's it is a place where you know women can thrive and that there are some business ideas you know like economically. A lot of economic decisions are made by women, right? Like there are so many areas. It's, it's, it makes good business sense to have female co founders also. But it will take time to also convince women that this industry is welcoming for them and that they can thrive and that it's not just a bro dominated industry. I will say that it's, um, a, we're a lot better at it here. In the Philippines, then what you know it's horrendous in Silicon Valley. For example, there the the toxic masculinity is a huge issue. Um, Even in the K drama, since you you've been talking about that, you know the the big CEOs there are all women. The head of the VC firm was a girl, Um, and that's something that I think we I personally would love to see more of in the Philippines. It's it's getting there, but. Um certainly, you know, and i can and I definitely see a lot of very promising i uh, you know companies turning coming out also right from women um I guess one last point I did want to add on this topic is I think people don't pay enough attention also to not just the the founders right like that start the companies but people that are entering the industry to work for our startups. And I think there's this perception that maybe it's less prestigious than working at an MNC or it's too risky, right? And maybe the, the stereotype is women are more risk-averse maybe in making career selections. But longer term, if we do want to see more women leaders and also founders... I think you also need to build a pipeline of women working in the industry first. It's very uncommon to have the Mark Zuckerberg story, you know, straight out of college. I started my business. Most founders have experience in the space that they're working in, right? Like the average age is closer to mid to late 30s, right? Um, Things like that. So I think it's a long game to see equal representation of women in the tech startup industry but it's such a lucrative industry probably the best way to become a billionaire if you weren't born one the only way right in this day and age so it's important that we over time have women participating in it in different forms
0: let's take a quick break from this episode because i want to tell you about eToro if you want to invest and trade the global markets like U.S. stocks, commodities, forex, cryptocurrencies, and others, then check out eToro, my trusted multi-asset broker with an online community of millions of investors and traders from around the world. One of your coolest features is CopyTrader, which allows you to copy other successful traders on eToro in just one click to easily automate your investing or trading Sign up today and get a $100,000 practice account. Just go to bit.ly slash openetoro account. That's bit.ly slash open e-t-o-r-o account. Again, that's bit.ly slash eToro account. All small letters. Do you need to send something to your family, relatives, or friends, such as groceries, gifts, and food? Or are you a business owner in need of an affordable logistics solution? If so, then check out Mr. Speedy's same-day delivery service at an affordable rate of only 5 pesos per kilometer. It's probably the cheapest rate you can get now if you're in NCR or in Cebu. Try Mr. Speedy today and use the code 80 percent Speedy to get 50% off your first delivery. Again, that's 80 P E R C E N T M R S P E E D Y. 80% Mr. Speedy. You may book a delivery via their website, mrspeedy.ph, or you can download the Mr. Speedy mobile app to your phone. Mr. Speedy is available in Metro Manila, nearby provinces, and Cebu. That's it. Now, let's go back to our episode. It was mentioned earlier that a lot of startups fail. However, that doesn't mean that once you fail, then you should pack your bags and leave. There are founders who were able to achieve success in their second or third or nth startup. One good example would be our guest, Ray. Well, this
1: is my second tech startup. And my, I think, fourth or fifth business, right? So I had, I franchised a coffee shop before. Uh, I sold, I did became a wholesaler for textiles when I was in high school, kind of stuff. And um, it's not easy, you know? It's hard. Especially the first one I did, I didn't have any investors, lot co-founders. I did everything on my own. I was still in college at the time, so it was a really stupid thing to do, but, you know, at least I did it, right, and I learned a lot of things about it. And then this one, I, fit, I, I started this one uh, six, seven years ago when I was still working in the United States. I was a senior financial analyst uh, for a Silicon Valley company, and uh, I hated my work. <laughs> my co-founders also hated their work, so let's try to do something, right? So uh, it's hard because it's an eh. When you put a group of people together, right, to start something, they have different risk of uh, risk profile, right? One can stay it out for two years. One guy want to see it out for the next three to six months. What's gonna happen? Uh, so everybody's like gauging it, what's gonna happen, right? I think we closed almost closed down three times over the last six years, right? But three, uh, I think things started to turn around in two thousand sixteen when we launched. Let's say the first two years we didn't even launch. We don't have a, co- we didn't have a product. We didn't have any clients. We were still getting our licenses. We were still getting building the platform. So nothing. We really had nothing. We had just money going out. So all our savings were, you know, my, my, co-found, my new co-founders, Jesse and Irvin. Uh, and then um, uh, for them, they're just new graduates, uh, you know, excited about it. You know, so they didn't really, it's like one of those things that, that when you're young, you're really excited, you're passionate. Uh, same thing with me when I started the startup, but two years into it, some some of that starts to fade away your the excitement mo, and then and then new blood comes in, joins you, and they're more excited than you are, and they're like, oh, you're excited again. So so every time new people join in, it, it just re-energizes you. It it just it, 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 it gets back. But what makes it they said it's lonely at the top uh, If you're a CEO, generally it's lonely. That is that I felt that a few times. Uh, but if you share responsibility, if you share your business you give your co-founders good equity, even your partners. It it I haven't really felt lonely for for a long time now since running this because uh, we run this together as a team, as a team. It's not just me, me, me. It, in fact, uh, uh, not just uh, the fact that they they see that I trust them in making big decisions also for the company. I think it, they like it. They like the idea of that, and they feel important because they are. They are important for the company. Uh, if anybody wants to. Do a startup because they want to get out of poverty, probably not the best thing to do. It's a very financially irresponsible thing to do. If, I have, if I'm supporting my parents, if I have a, a, one of my parents is sick or I'm sending my siblings to school, uh, I'm a breadwinner, right? doing a startup is not a financially smart thing to do. It's very risky. It's a gamble, right? Uh you do the right you do the the less risky thing this is a this is a gamble we live in a gambling economy right uh, yes the, the the pay the pay is uh, i mean the the return is really high if you, if you get it right pero i mean like the the hell you you're gonna go through is is tremendous i I'm not saying you can't succeed, but the likelihood is so much smaller. Uh, there are definitely
2: easier ways yeah, to make money. Yeah. Like I guess that's
1: the uh, <laughs> the first two to three years. Talagang wala eh. lahat ng pera. Eh. If you can't figure out to make revenue on your third year, you're dead. It's done. Because why? Why three years? Why do ninety nine percent of startups fail in the first three years? Because in third year you're exhausted. You're out of money, right? And you you already lack resources and and uh, and you're you know yeah. So you probably got kicked out of your apartment. So you need time to check. Ano na wala, no, wala no, 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 no. your ng gana. You probably left, right? Nothing's happening. So, very few survive that. You get lucky enough. Yeah.
0: Launching a startup is difficult. We can all agree on that. And the financial planner in me thinks that if that's the case, then it would be a good idea to have a backup plan. Or maybe have something on the side that can pay the bills while you build your startup. However, has a different view.
2: So, I actually, I'll take, I'll, I'll have a hot take on what you said around having a backup plan. I actually think that usually the founders that succeed, they go all in. So, you know, they'll see, it, it will fail if it will fail, or it will do great if it will do great, but what I I know doesn't work is your kind of half doing your startup but then still doing something else even if it's even if you give yourself a deadline right like in Ray's case it's three years for some founders their ability to do this full-time is even shorter the other runway is even shorter but at the end of the day you have to kind of commit and go all in to test my test what i'm trying to do right like will this work or not and put your best effort into it because i think what you don't want to do is to have like a half-working startup that slowly dies, it's much much better to kind of say, I put my whole effort into this and then it didn't work. So then you decide, right? Like, do I want to keep going or do I move back to my day job? Which, you know, some, which other founders have decided to do.
0: So far... We learned that launching a startup is hard. It's not even financially rewarding for the first few years. Hindi mo siya pwedeng going source of income sa pisa. And then, we also learned that if you want to succeed at your startup, then you should be willing to go all in and do it full time. Grabe, it seems that everything is really stacked against you. But, amidst all the difficulties and failures, there are of course those who succeeded. And I wonder, what made them different from those who failed? What can we learn from the startup founders who achieved success?
2: You know, yeah, what do founders that succeed have in common? I wish there was a formula. If I knew, then I would be, you know, a billionaire maybe making the right investments 100% of the time. But, you know, there's some of the some of the factors that have to be there right like are they they have to be solving a problem or going after a market that's big enough um i think that's one thing that you know successful startups are able to do because that's it's it's one thing to have to want to have a lifestyle business right or to have some stable income and again there are probably easier ways to go get that but if you have the ego and the ambition and the desire to be the tech startup founder, you have to be going for a bigger price. Um, So I think that's really important. Um, The second is, and Ray mentioned this a lot, like having a good team, especially in the beginning, right? Like when, when you're starting your startup, well, all you really have is a team. Um, it's an idea. It's a group of people wanting to work on something. You don't have revenues yet. You don't have customers yet. In many cases, you don't even have a product yet, right? So um, that team is really so important. And yet, you know, in the startups that I've seen succeed, none of them had kind of okay long teams.
1: I want uh, also addition to that. I think one of the... No, no, um common factor is the team found a way to decide, to make a decision. There must be a decision-making process. When we started QuickWire, the original co-founders, co- we, were, we saw ourselves as all equals from about the same age, in our early 30s, same age, uh, everything. We just cor- came from corporate. So even though I was a CEO, I was CEO on paper. Every decision we, we decided together, right? Uh, in fact, when I first interviewed YC, one of the reasons they said, we didn't take you in because we didn't see a clear leader in the team. There must be a clear leader in the team, right? Yes. Hindi pwede yung, everything has to be voted or if everybody has a veto power. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be move you're gonna move too slow. Speed is critical in making decisions, yes. right? So uh, when when my original co-founders left, I we can you always fighting about this, this and that, right? And um but when my new co-founders came in, they were interns. They were like 20, 19 years old, 21 years old, Jesse and Irving. Were, this was six years ago, five years ago. And when they joined in, uh, they always, they saw me as somebody who's uh, you know, an older person, authority figure kind of thing. So in a way, it na- just naturally became like that. There's not a lot of debates when I said we have to do this. I explained why. And then, uh, yeah, we decide. And then we take action. We make a mistake we we're going to pivot together the last person you need in your team is is i told you is a, is an i told you so guy i told you so i told you so i mean as leader you're going to make a lot of mistakes a lot of mistakes and then if your if your guys behind you are saying it's always i told you so all their mistakes every guy in the game is he's going to make a lot of mistakes too and then you're going to be you're going to be i told you so then i mean harmony sometimes is more important than who's being right right Because... There are, there are battles that are not worth fighting, right? Uh, so I think get Once you make a decision, you delip- A leader has to do two things. Number one, he has to listen to everybody, weigh the opinions, you know. But the most important decision decide. he has to make, yeah, is to make a decision. Decide. Once they decide, everybody supports, or you get the hell out. Support kayo. The kamali decision is the team's decision. If we're going to correct that, everybody's, oh, well, you know, see, doing that Again, Rather than told you, So it really is, really, nobody really knows what they're doing. It's just, you're not doing something new. That guy's going to make a mistake. So so you know, if you find a way to harmonize your decision-making process and respect the authority, respect the structure that you built, you're going to get through a lot of stuff. You're going to avoid a lot of drama. You're going to avoid a lot of drama. Just
2: to quickly add to that, I think you know, the secret to good startups also is that it's really speed, it's speed of yeah. executing, it's making the mistakes faster, trying out more things, and you know to to raise point like being able to make decisions is so crucial to that to allowing that speed to happen because I think that's also. You know, growth is what investors look for in a startup, right? Growth and quick growth. Because otherwise, again, why would you do the risky thing? So it's so important nga, when you're starting up that you can do, the, do things quickly. And yeah, definitely having the leadership structure in place to make that happen is a, a huge part of it.
1: Because you can be stuck in decision, eh, oh, Three months, you can decide. So, this ito, ito, is another team uh nakasampong pivot na sila nagmaling like, in the design nila, but they moved on and they realized and then eventually they get it right mm that but the time they get it right dikos dikapala na pag design
2: the question but, is yun nga eh, do you get it like the, the secret really is do you get it right before you run out of money slash motivation 'di ba so kung makarami kang experiments and you hit the right answer before either ubos na yung pera or ubos na yung pasensya mo then you have a winning startup
1: <laughs> Before you run out of money, who's this yeah. guy who uh, gave a demonstration? Nah, uh, startup. Tumalung kasa cliff. The is ka sa cliff, and then on your way down, you ka ng airplane, no? ka ng airplane para bago ka sa ground. ka na, Para jump tayo sa cliff, palabas lahat ng pera dito, Then kailangan mo maka- build revenue. Then eventually, when you uh, figure out how to make money from it, then you can ano, survive ka. Parang <laughs>
0: Siya, no? um, one thing that I often hear no, Yung fail fast and fail forward. And if you want to be a startup founder, you have to be um, comfortable with failing. Of course, pagdating sa mga uh, traditional businesses, it's really hard to when you fail, kasi naglabas ka na hagat ng malaking pera for the business, no? But I guess that's also one difference. Pagdating sa tech startup, because you are allowed to experiment and uh, test your product and pivot so many times, <laughs> na sa you get it right. And I guess the good news there is you just need to find that correct formula, or you have you just have to be right once, and then that's yeah. where it will eventually launch and go forward. And I like what you said, na you have to find that before maubos yung pera or before maubos yung motivation from your observation Kat, ano usually yung unang nauubos yung pera or yung motivation
2: i actually think it, it, i've seen both cases um yung on the motivation side um it was also sort of touched on in the K-drama that the reason uh, the lady wanted to build this particular AI system was because her grandma was going blind. I think that's also very true for local founders that I've seen. Kung you have ka about what you're building or the problem that you're solving, or it's a uh, it's something that really matters to you the motivation can really stretch out no you can go longer you know eat more ramen slash um you know mini stop meals right? um and pull right? yeah like it, it can go a long way like um having that right to got solving that problem can really go a long way but in you know, um under uh, under different circumstances um where you're unable, especially to attract outside capital to invest in your company. Of course, in uh, at some point, practical matters kind of hit you in the face. It, I think it's very different if you have a family, you know, as Ray mentioned earlier, if you're a breadwinner, definitely yung considerations mo. And in those situations, the decision to stop um, then comes from the na obusa right? Um but kung sa passion lang that I see in our founders, yeah, what I see most often is they're working on difficult things. No? Siguro malalaki rin kasi yung problems ng Pilipinas. So I rarely encounter a founder that's just doing, I don't know, like photo filters or parang flappy bird game. They're, they're trying to solve really hard things. So with that, It's both a good business opportunity to have big problems, big possible solutions, but it also requires a lot of motivation. So I think in in the Philippine setting, we have a lot of that passion, a lot of that motivation going into our tech startups.
0: In my work as a financial planner, I often get to talk to OFWs who want to start a business so they can finally go back home to the Philippines. And that got me thinking, can an OFW choose to launch a startup instead of creating a traditional business? Here's some good advice from Ray and Kat. Kat. So if you're an
1: OFW coming back uh, to the Philippines from abroad, uh, if you want to do a tech startup, it must it must be good. It, it's good if you actually work for a startup abroad, or if you came from Silicon sort of Valley, or you work for another tech company in, in abroad, uh, or if you're a programmer, that that's actually it gives you an insight into the market, uh, how it's done. Maybe, maybe you can do a tech startup. Uh, but if you're if you're a breadwinner and you, you then come from tech and then you want to start a business, you just do franchising. I say franchising has the highest chance of success as opposed to a startup because remember three years before you start making money as a startup either you got funded or you start earning revenue if you don't achieve that in your third year what do you okay, got do you have enough savings to last three years right think about it right as an OFW you save how many you know how much money you save is that enough For you? think about your expenses from your with your family can you sustain that if not Get a business that starts generating revenue right away. Like maybe a franchise of a, you know, a show, a stand in the MRT. You know, these things can work, right? Uh, you can start with that. You can scale that too. But it's not as, as, uh, it's not a tech company. It's not going to get VC funding. But, but if you're really passionate about something and you work in a startup before, then you can probably, and, and you're not a breadwinner, maybe you can risk it. You no. Know? But I would say, uh, don't risk too much. I mean, I mean, look at your financial situation also. And of course, when you're in the tech startup, now, nah, I would say join organizations like Google or Idea Space, or you can network and meet people who have done it before and give you advice and how to structure your company, how to because a lot of these things are known. want to know how to set up an incorporation, how to how to validate your product, your idea before you waste all this. We wasted a lot of time, uh, not validating. We didn't validate our first product. Every price you know, uh, fail Fast or, or you know, uh, MVP, that kind of stuff. We didn't have any of that before. That's why it took us longer to launch. So there now there's Google. Uh, they, they can join a network with people like that.
0: You
2: know? <laughs>
0: yeah. How about
1: you, Kat?
2: So absolutely, if you do, I completely agree with everything Ray said. It's really not for everyone to do a startup, no. So, but if you do, definitely... Join organizations like Kubo just to leapfrog some of the mistakes. And again, save you time. Maybe get more done in those three years before you run out of time and motivation and money. But I guess specific advice for OFWs also consider investing in a startup. Maybe, like again, there's some subset of people who might be the founders themselves, but maybe that's not you. But I do think. It's an interesting space to start looking at. I would never put all of my eggs in one basket. That's bad investing advice. But if you want to invest in the future of the country, you know, I hope we've shared a few tips here on what to look for in terms of good teams, good ideas to support. But, you know, money is something that our startup ecosystem sorely sorely needs and especially local money right like um that that early investor right or maybe if your kid or your pamunkin has a startup idea listen to them and try it out you know it doesn't take that much money in the begin to begin with to get a founder able to commit to something full-time to test out that prototype and it's a good investment not just financially hopefully you might have made that the first invest become the first angel investor of uh you know what will be a multi-billion dollar company hey it's possible but even if you didn't you're you're still putting your money right into something that is growing the talent of the Philippines, you know, in, improving kind of innovation for the country. And what's the alternative, right? You buy another, I don't know, condo or handbag or something like that. So this it's a, a potentially another, you know, thing that you could be investing in for the country and also investing in our young people and our entrepreneurs, right? And giving them a chance. So that's probably, I'm kind of thinking more in that direction, Fitz, but mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> there are definitely ways to be involved in the startup ecosystem without necessarily starting up yourself. I guess.
0: Yeah, for for the young people out there, uh, Kat, who are who is thinking of going into the startup scene, uh, creating their own startup. What is the first step for them? What do they need to do?
2: So. Honestly, just try it. Just start. I think that's really my best advice for any startup. Like stop thinking and start experimenting, start trying things. I would say, again, it's very likely that you'll fail the first time around. Like I won't kind of beat around the bush when it comes to that. It's, uh, it's great to also get experience by working at the startup, you know, or at the, in a tech company. It's it's almost like getting an MBA, right? Like you see a company as it's growing, the different um, things it's going through at the very early stage. So you get broad exposure to different types of issues. So it's, it's a great way to gain experience. Um, uh, so for, so, you know, if you, if you feel quite strongly that you have an idea that you are raring to try out then just do it, if you're more interested to kind of be in the space, but, aren't quite sure what you want to do yet, or maybe you don't have the pro- you're not exposed to the problems yet and therefore you don't know the solutions, right? You don't have the experience or context, then work at the startup, right? Um, and definitely, you know, either way, um, if if neither of those things work for you just dabble by joining hackathons by doing some of these joining some of these networking events there at the very minimum you might get some free food and t-shirts and swag right so
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> hindi biro magtayo ng isang startup you have to be all in as scott mentioned and you should not do it for the money because there's really no money in it for the first few years So, do it for another reason, something more valuable than money. Find your why. Find that reason which will be your source of motivation and inspiration to persist through the hardships and difficulties of launching a startup. And when you find that, then go ahead and start. Just start. Don't be afraid because you're not alone. If there's anything we've learned today, it's that there's a generous Filipino startup community that's waiting to guide and help you succeed. One last question sa'yo, Ray. Uh, yung K-drama na startup, it ended yung company na tinayo nila. Ang next goal nila is to become a unicorn. So ang tanong ko sa'yo, Ray, ang quick wire, kailan magiging unicorn? Next year. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we become unicorns.
2: the unicorn, Kaya,
1: Definitely not next year. Maybe, hopefully, if we're, if ever we're going to become one, probably three to four years. You know, but That's our goal, right? But it's never guaranteed, right? But I'll make a prediction, by the way. I'll make a prediction. There will be probably one or two unicorns from the Philippines within the next three to five years. I think so. Coming out
0: soon. And that's the end of our episode. Thank you for listening. Kung may natutunan kayo today, then please follow or subscribe to the 80%. And invite nyo na rin ang mga friends nyo to listen to our podcast. Of course, I'd like to say thank you to Ms. Katrina Chan and Mr. Ray Rifundo for sharing their stories and knowledge with us. If you want to learn more or get in touch with them, then here's how.
1: Oh, they can email me, uh, ray at quickwar.com. Yung, yung quickwar, yung how spelled here qwikwire just email me for questions sometimes i do zoom meetings with people who want to get mentored ask questions yeah
0: so, so you I, offer mentoring services service. i don't really charge yeah. for it or anything
1: I, I just like helping out you know like uh right. yeah i i do that but but if it becomes overwhelming because i do i do this uh for idea space also uh if they ask me to to talk to have a talk and i i do this a lot to help out to, to give back. get back because i got a lot of help honestly you're gonna get a lot of help if you ask for it, and I, I'm the guy, the kind of guy who asks for a lot of help, and I also get, you know. Now I'm trying to give back. Great. Uh, how about you, Kat?
2: So definitely check out our website and sign up for to be part of Google's community whether as a regular member slash explorer that wants to just check it out or a startup where we have tons of services or even an investor, right? If you want to get to know more about um, what's going on in the Philippine startup scene. So that's www.qbo.com.ph. That's pro- that's the best place. And we're also on all of the social medias um, at Kuba Philippines, one word. So that's, and you know, again, I look forward to having you and the our listeners join us in our, you know, we conduct over a hundred events and kind of opportunities to gather for startups at, in a year. So there's always things to check out. So I hope to see you in the community.
0: All right. So very important. na if you want to be in the startup scene, sabingan ni Kat kanina, no, just start. And one of, the place, one of the best places to start is to check out Kubo and sign up and become a cutie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lastly, for anything and everything related to this podcast, you can go to our website, the80percentpodcast.com That's it. My name is Fitz Villafuerte. See you in our next episode. Goodbye for now. Take care and stay safe.